Welcome to Sister Speak Fringe, where we discuss season three of the Fox TV series Fringe from a sister's point of view. I'm Sister Jake. And I'm Sister Kay. And welcome to episode 26. Let's get started. Okay. All right. Well, we are going, I'm going to do the recap or start the recap on episode nine titled Marionette. Mm-hmm. We see a man with a briefcase and umbrella at a train station following a man who gets off this commuter train. Uh, he's holding the umbrella with a tip towards the man's ankles. And as he walks up behind him a little bit closer, he sticks him with it. The man turns around and the man with the umbrella apologizes and walks away. And instead of saying the man all day, I'm going to just say his name, which is Roland. Roland? We find out way later. Okay. But his name's Roland. Okay. So, um, Roland apologizes to the man and walks away. The man who was stuck with the umbrella uh, walked home to this neighborhood in Rye, New York. And as he's walking, he starts stumbling. He's sweaty. He looks like he's getting sick. He gets into his house. It's a really nice house. Mm-hmm. And then we see the Roland is watching him from across the street. So you know something up. Yep. The man passes out in his dining room, and when he wakes up, he's tied down to a table, and there's splatters of blood all over him and the room, it looks like. The room he is in is draped with this plastic sheeting, and the man with the umbrella, Roland, is talking on the phone. He's talking to 911 and tells them that there's a man who needs medical attention and is hurt very badly. He hangs up the phone, comes into the room, gets a syringe, and apologizes to the man on the table. He gives him a shot in his neck, and it looks like Mm. he's kind of choking the dude, Mm -hmm. and then he leaves the room. Uh, The man starts convulsing and stops breathing. It looks like he stops breathing. Um, We next see the paramedics arrive and find the man in his dining room. One of the medics pulls the sheet off of the man and sees that his heart has been cut out, and his ribs are spread with one of those spreaders. Uh, at this point, the man on the table wakes up and pleads with them not to let him die. We next see Roland back at the train station with a little red cooler. <laughs> yeah. Then we go to commercial. Mm-hmm. We come back and we see Olivia, our Olivia, waiting in Broyles' office for him. Uh, she catches him up on what she learned about Walternet and the alternate universe while she was there and tells him that Walternet is driven to learn how to cross the universe safely, and he has now synthesized cortexafan from some of his tests mm-hmm. on her. Mm-hmm. She asks Broyles if she can see the results of the tests that were done on the pieces of the machine that they found. He tells her that they can that she can definitely look at it when she's back, but right now she's on leave. She tells him that she wants to come back to work because she made a promise to a friend to try to figure out how to heal both worlds and she needs to get back to work to do that. Brails asks her about that friend and she tells him that he was honorable and committed and feared for his family's future. She tells him that he had a son, daughter, and a wife and Brails asks her if he was still married and she tells him that he was and at this point Brails looks kind of sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, we next see Peter and Walter at home preparing to leave for work. And as they're driving to work, Walter tells Peter that a lie can create a lot of pain. Peter tells Walter that he's definitely going to tell Olivia everything, even though he knows it's going to change how she feels about him. 
Broyles and Olivia arrive on the scene about this time and tell them that Olivia's been cleared for duty, so she's back. Peter looks a little bit uneasy. Um, Broyles then starts telling them about the case of the man with the missing heart. Mm -hmm. He tells them that he lived for three minutes before dying. Mm. Walter and Peter notice when they examine the man that there is scar tissue around the heart valves. And Peter goes to look in the man's medicine cabinet and finds all this medicine. Broyles tells Peter and Olivia to go interview the doctor who prescribed the medicine and Walter uh, and tells Walter that he's going to take the body to his lab. So we're at the hospital and Peter and Olivia are waiting for Dr. Ross, the doctor who prescribed the medicine in the hospital cafeteria. Olivia tells Peter that she feels like she was on vacation, but some things bother her like her mail being opened. She tells him it's strange to know someone else was living her life. Mm -hmm. Peter looks real uncomfortable and tells her that he needs to talk with her about her, quote unquote, her, <laughs> so Olivia. He tells Olivia that he noticed small changes in her, like she was quicker with a smile and less intense. And she told him that being in the other universe made her want to change and be happier. He tells Olivia that he believed her because it made sense. Olivia tells him that there's no way he could have known and it's totally okay and that she's here now. He still looks uncomfortable and tells her that when he came back, he came back for her and for them and that they started to see each other and that he discounted all those differences because the relationship was different and he thought it was Olivia. He tells her that he's sorry. She asks him if everyone knows and he tells her that he reported it all when he found out who faux Olivia was. Mm -hmm. Olivia tells him that she, the faux Olivia, had a full life over in the alternate universe and a sweet boyfriend and that if he would have been in town, who knows what would have happened. And she had friends who loved her and risked their lives to help her. She tells him that they all believed that Olivia was her so she can understand how he wouldn't know. Yeah. At that moment, a nurse interrupts them to tell them that Dr. Ross was out of surgery. Peter asks the nurse to give them a moment, and Olivia tells him, oh, no, we're fine, we're good, and jumps up to go talk to the doctor. Um, when they talk to the doctor, she tells them that Mr. Russo, the victim, suffered from congestive heart failure and had a heart transplant, um, and the medication that she prescribed to him was standard for transplant recipients. We next see the man who took the heart um, in the basement, which is Roland. Sorry. We saw Roland yeah. um, in a basement, looks like, uh, with a lot of medical equipment. He is sewing up the chest of a young woman while listening to this old piano classical music. Mm -hmm. He smooths back her hair and tells her it will be okay and it won't be long now. So at the Harvard, we, we come back and we see... Uh, Walter and Astrid at the lab at Harvard, and Walter's asking Astrid to find information on the Yatsko project um, that he worked with William Bell. Um, Astrid's telling him that Nina Sharp can't figure find any information on that, and he tells her to ask her about pet projects, um, and that they were trying to figure out a serum that would help them question someone after death. Astrid uh, leaves the lab and, as Peter arrives. Walter tells Peter to smell Mr. Russo's body, and Peter realizes there is no smell, and Walter tells him that the decaying process seems to have been slowed. 
Walter tells him that he and Astrid pinpointed a serum in the blood that functioned as a preservative. Walter thinks that this was done to ease his the Roland's conscience for taking the victim's heart. Peter's kind of skeptical, and Walter tells him, well, he called 911, and if Mr. Uh, Russo had been put on a heart-lung machine, he might have survived. Peter tells Walter that he did tell Olivia about him and faux Olivia, and that she took it surprisingly well. Walter asks Peter if they might have replaced her with a robot. <laughs> we see Olivia um, in her house after a shower looking in her closet. She looks at herself in the mirror and um, she's got her bangs hanging down, so she starts pushing the bangs out of her face because she looks like she's irritated with them. Um, when she moves the rest of her hair to the side, she notices in a mirror that the mirror behind her that she's got the tattoo on the back of her neck that she never had before. She looks kind of upset and she starts pulling clothes off the hangers and then gets serious and starts snatching stuff out her closet, throwing mm -hmm. stuff. She then goes to the bed and starts tearing the sheets off the bed and heads to her washer and dryer. She notices clothes in the washer and really starts losing it and begins to cry. The next day at the Federal Building in Boston, Olivia joins Astrid in a break room and tells her that she needs some coffee. Astrid asks her if she's had a rough night, and Olivia tells her she had a lot of laundry to go through. Astrid asks her how it feels to be back, and Olivia tells her it's strange but good, and she then tells Astrid that Peter told her about him and the faux Olivia, and asks Astrid what he was like with her, if he seemed different or happier. Astrid looks real uncomfortable mm -hmm. and tells her that Peter thought that Olivia was her and whatever feelings he had for faux Olivia were real and about Olivia and they still are. Olivia doesn't look too convinced. Um, in Boyle's office, he tells her that there have been um, multiple organ thefts in the last several months and tells them that all the victims were organ transplant recipients and that all the organs came from the same person, donor, a 17-year-old female. The identity is protected, but they're trying to get that information at that point. Peter notices in the file that the body was taken to the Rosendale Eye Bank um, after the organs were harvested, and Olivia sees that there were no photos of a victim with their eyes removed. So Broyles gets on the phone with the Eye Bank and asks to speak with the director. We next see Roland... With a man strapped to a table with his eyes jacked open. He puts drops in the man's eyes and tells him that he's sorry, but that those eyes don't belong to him. Broyles, Peter, and Olivia arrive at the victim's restaurant and enter the building and see, and we see plastic sheeting all around so we know what's up. Peter notices um, an empty table with a bunch of medical equipment and they hear a noise and all go to investigate. Olivia enters a room and sees a man wandering around with no eyes. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so, you know, they realize that Walter, uh, well, they, they, we next see the victim in the hospital. And of course he's, he's been blinded, you know, and the man is telling Walter and the team that the, the man who uh, did it to him, which we know, uh, they know is Roland is uh, actually apologized to him. So Walter, you know, they know Walter was right. The man is trying to, you know, he's feeling remorseful about what he's doing, but he's still doing it just the same. Now, you know, when they realize that all these uh, 
uh, uh, recipients of transplants came from the same person, they realized her name was Amanda Walsh. And so the team of Peter and Olivia, anyway, they go to see Amanda Walsh's mother. And uh, Amanda's mom tells them that, you know, she was a ballerina and that, but she was also very clinically depressed. And despite her, uh, Amanda taking a, a, a medication and being in group therapy, Amanda, the, the prima ballerina, she committed suicide. So that's what the deal is. And so Walter wants to see Amanda's body, but he told she was cremated. So Peter brings Walter Amanda's supposed ashes, but when Walter opens up the urn, Walter sticks his finger in there and he tastes it. And everybody's going, ew, but it's just wood ash and it's concrete and wood ash. It's not cremated remains of a person. So Walter thinks that the organ thief or Roland that we now know also took Amanda's body and is trying to put her back together again. Well, of course, we know that Walter is right again because then back in the Roland's basement, we see that Amanda is a whole person. She's sitting lifeless in a little vintage wheelchair and she's strapped to all these cables and stuff and he's working her arms and limbs just like a puppet does a marionette, hence the title. And he's making her appear to kind of like dance, her little ballerina dance, but not really. And of course, Roland is all, you know, teary-eyed and, and this really old classical music is playing on this record player. And it's really, really creepy. Okay. Now, in the meantime, whew, things are really getting tense between Peter and Olivia. Uh, as they're searching for the files from Amanda's therapy group. Olivia, I think, just cannot get past the fact that Peter, even though she says, I forgive you, and, and of course, you know, you had to do what you had to do, but how could you tell? But she really is very disappointed that he did not recognize that Bolivia was not her. So she's having a real hard time dealing with it. And... Uh, since then, they have searched the files with Amanda, and they found out that, you know, uh, Roland was a member of the group, and he quit the group the very day that Amanda killed herself. So he was also a member of this therapy group, probably for depression, see? So, and the very day that Amanda committed suicide, he quit going to the group. Well, we know why, and that's because, you know, he stole her body and started putting it back together. Anyway... Then they also find out that Roland, his name is Roland David Barrett, and he also did postdoctoral work on cell decay. And see, that's what intrigued Walter, cell decay and regeneration. So they put it all together, and uh, his re and, and they find out Walter finds out that this Roland's uh, 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 research later was used to create a synthetic life on a cellular level. Mm-hmm. So, Walter has figured out that Barrett, uh, 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 Roland Barrett thinks that he can reanimate Amanda, which is not going to happen, but you know. Now, we're back in Roland's basement, and Roland has hooked Amanda up to some little, like, little heart monitor type things, and he's Please, shocking her. Yeah. Yeah. He's shocking her. He's giving her a shock. And there's a little bitty heart monitor that beeps, and this dead girl... 
she opens up her eyes. <laughs> she she gasps. She goes, <gasps> and she breathes a little bit, and she's rolling her eyes, and she is alive. I cannot believe it, but anyway. But when she looks at him, he is looking so happy, but she's looking at him like, what? Well, her eyes are rolling. She's not focused. Yeah, I mean, because she, she's dead, you know, but anyway. So he's put, he starts crying and stuff because he realizes that all his work and everything is just not going to bring her back. About that time, the FBI busts in, of course, you know, and they arrive and they're upstairs. And he hears them upstairs in his house. So he's trying to get away. And he, he tries to go out this kind of like back door type way. But, of course, our Olivia, the good agent that she is, she tackles that fool and arrests him, which is great. So he says to her that, you know, when he looked into Amanda's eyes, it just wasn't her. So he doesn't know, you know, what, how he was going to bring her back. But, so when the... Uh, FBI agents go downstairs. Of course, they see little Amanda's body. She dead. She all sewn together and got them cables up to her and everything. So, you know. Now, afterwards, after all that and the, the FBI is, you know, they've called the coroner and everything. Walter wants a strawberry milkshake. So, Peter finds Olivia in Barrett's backyard. And, of course, Olivia is very upset. Because he went looking for Olivia because, you know, Walter wanted to hurry and leave so he can go get the strawberry milkshake. And Olivia's looking real upset. And Olivia, you know, she tells Peter that what Barrett said about looking into Amanda's eyes kind of hit home. And Olivia starts crying and she says that, you know, when she was over there, she held on to him, to Peter. So why didn't you? She wasn't me. How could you not see that? See, she just can't get past the fact that how could Peter not know that that was, oh, Olivia was not her? So Olivia doesn't want to wear her clothes anymore. She doesn't want to live in her apartment anymore. She doesn't want to be with Peter anymore. She's taken, as she tells Peter, she's taken everything. I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, uh. And then she just like gets up, you know, and leaves. And Peter, all he says is, I'm sorry. He, he just in there, you know? And that was it. Well, but. Time for that milkshake, but one of those observers, probably August, is standing there, and he's watching Olivia and Peter in that backyard, and the observer... No, no, it was Walter and Peter at the milkshake. Excuse me, Walter and Peter getting that milkshake, that's right, and an observer, he makes a phone call while he's watching Peter and Walter, and he says to whoever he's making that phone call to, he is still alive. The end... I want to know what the hell he talking about. Well, I think he's talking about Walter. Yeah. I think he's talking about Walter. I don't think he's talking about Peter. Could be, though, but I I think he's talking about Walter. I mean, they seem to focus the camera on Peter. But I think he's talking about Walter. Walter. On Walter, I mean. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Yeah, see, I, I, I can't tell. That was a good episode, though. Ooh, because I love that when it first started out with this fool... Stealing people's organs and stuff. I thought, oh. Well, it was kind of gross. That was gross. But I like the way that, that they incorporated. Okay, all she wanted to do was get on back to work. But she just can't get past 
Peter's betrayal well, to her. Yeah. Well, you she know. didn't even know all that was going on because exactly. we're assuming it took a good two weeks or so for her to get back to this point. Exactly. And he hasn't said nothing. Right. And Walter, you know, is kind of telling Peter, well, you know, you and I know, lies mess up relationships. Mm-hmm. So you need to be honest with her. And Peter knows this. He just hasn't mm-hmm. done it yet. He was afraid. He was afraid. He, he was afraid he knows of what she would it's do. Gonna change how mm-hmm. she feels about me but but i tell you though um anna torf oh man she anna is so good Torf's she needs a oscar emmy something tearing up in this oh episode. man i was tearing up i felt so was, bad for her yes and then when she was tearing up that bed and tearing up them clothes Woo! I felt so bad for well, she her. She was looking at her clothes and like, and then she's, you know how, well, we, <laughs> we know people yeah. start out playing, they get serious mm-hmm. or like the dogs or something, mm-hmm. start out playing, but one of them gets serious. That's mm-hmm. how she was. She started mm-hmm. out just kind of like, okay, hell, she done wore this, she done wore that. Yeah. I thought and then she, she was started, just going to take them off and like, they start getting Mm-hmm. crying a little bit mm-hmm. throwing shit around tearing mm-hmm. them sheets off the bed which I don't blame I'd tear that shit off but too but when she found the MIT shirt in the washer yeah that did it that did it well finding any clothes in the washer well but and then that final scene I loved it when she's saying you know she's uh, she's been at my job she's been in my house she's been in my bed She's been she's everywhere. Taking she's taking everything. And I don't want to be in wear my clothes. I don't want to be in my house. And I don't want you. Yeah, and I don't want to be with you either. Yeah, because yeah. she done had all that. And yeah. I don't want what she done had because she done pissed me off. That she done had all this shit and I didn't even get to do it. That's right. And I'm glad because normally they have her being kind of strong. And even though we know Olivia is emotional, she hides that part. Mm-hmm. And I and I kind of like how they did it. It's they kind of switched the strategy a little bit. Like Peter said when he was talking in the uh, cafeteria, and the way he put it was actually pretty good. Yeah. He was like, you know, when she came over, there were little changes, but I believed it because our relationship was different. And so I, she was supposed to be different because we were different. And so I just kind of explained that away. Mm-hmm. But she was quicker with a smile. She was less intense, which I, were all really good. We said that too mm-hmm. when we were talking about the season. Mm-hmm. How Anna Torvis played that role because she's made the faux Olivia be more lighthearted than our Olivia is. Mm-hmm. But I kind of did. You mm-hmm. notice how you know he's talking about how faux Olivia supposedly changed. He thought Olivia changed. She came back. This Olivia is changed. Yeah. She is different, yeah. and she's actually coming out with her feelings, and she didn't try to hide. First, she tried to hide it, but then at the end, she just couldn't anymore. Yep. She was emotional. Yeah. She's like, I get it, and maybe it's too much for me to ask for you to have known, but you should have known. Well, yeah, Matt you should have known. I wanted, okay, the only thing I, uh, well, not the only thing, but I wanted the scene, or I wanted more conversation between Olivia and Broyles because I wanted I wanted to I wanted to see that conversation that he would be having with her about what happened to his doppelganger you know what I mean so I wanted more conversation about that not really a doppelganger it's just well yeah that's what I'm just saying but anyway um well but that was that scene was 
her telling him that without coming out and saying, yeah, your broils over there, the alt broils. I know that, but I just wanted it to, uh, I just wanted. They were trying to make it subtle. I know. Anyway. And that was a good scene, too, because. Yeah, I liked it. You know, he realizes he's got his wife still over there. His son. His kids Mm -hmm. over there. And and how that Broyles has made an effort or somehow whatever he's done, he's dead now, but whatever right. he did, he did and has been able to maintain his family. Yep. You yep. know? Yeah. So I think he's kind of seeing, huh, how could I have done things different to where mm-hmm. I could still have that over here? Yeah. Who knows? But, and then I thought that uh, also when she said to Peter, she had loved ones over there. She had friends that cared about her mm-hmm. enough to risk their lives for her. Mm-hmm. So she's trying to kind of excuse. She's not all that bad. But. Yeah, but no. She was just trying she to make was him rationalizing feel yep. what he did. Yeah. That's why she was saying that. Uh-huh. Because she was rationalizing like, well, had that child's boyfriend been there, who would who knows what would have happened? Yeah. No, she wouldn't have slept with him. Well, she might have because yeah, at that point so. she was brainwashed and didn't know anything. Well, but Peter was still appearing to her though. Yeah, not at first, but See, when he so. yeah, by the time that her boyfriend had left, yeah, he was appearing to her. But I, that no, the first whole, time he appeared to her, the boyfriend was still there. Remember, he went to answer the door, right? Because he was leaving. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, when she first came home and he was making that salad or whatever, yeah, yeah. But I. Yeah, she was just rationalizing it to make him feel better. Now, this is what I want to know. When they come back from this little hiatus, I want to know if we're going to see in our universe a Lincoln character. Because we haven't seen him. We know Charlie's no. dead yeah. in our universe, but we have not seen a Lincoln character. I, that would be good. Yeah, I don't know. That'd be good, yeah. And it'd be real good if we could see a Henry character in our I would love that. I would love that. That'd be great. And then she look at him, Henry? And he'll say, uh, no, my name, whatever his name is. We didn't find out what the hell the worms were with Charlie in the office. I know. They need to bring Charlie over here. We need to find out Henry's story because we really don't know his Mm -hmm. story either. But you know what? I think Charlie would be more prone than Lincoln to want to to come over to this universe to see. Because he was kind of thinking that Olivia wasn't Olivia, uh, that Olivia was not their Bolivia in the first place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just little little hints and things. Where Lincoln was just, ah, nah, you know. He's like, I know, I know. Yeah. So, and see, uh, trust me, they're going to show some more episodes of the alternate uh, universe because only Walternet and Bolivia know what happened. Right. The Broyles, uh, that she was over there, what's what's it like really over yeah. there, and all that kind of stuff. Them's the only two. Yeah. And even though she is still Bolivia, but you are correct, she has changed. It has changed her because some of the stuff that Walternet's been telling her, and all of them, in Fringe Division about that other universe, yeah. ain't true. But she's lived there. Right. I was really talking about Olivia, not Bolivia, but it's true. Bolivia has changed yeah, also. she's changed because she's lived there. And she's so going to she see. And even though she is a good soldier and she's going to follow her commands and stuff, but she also knows 
because she lived there. Yeah, it's not all that bad. It's mm-hmm. not, they don't have a war brewing up over on that exactly. side. Exactly. There's so good things on that side. So mm-hmm. it will be interesting. We need mm-hmm. to see. And then it's going to be interesting how she interacts with her boyfriend because she really was liking Peter. Yeah, she's trying to take pictures home with them. I don't know where she's going to hide that shit. Yeah. Yeah, because that was in her and bag. I'm sure. Yeah, that's I mean, a good point. They should show her feeling somewhat bad about Broyles because even though at the end he was helping our Olivia get back, mm-hmm. they were still, I thought, they had a know, good relationship. Good relationship. Yeah. All of them did in the fringe division. Yeah. So, yeah, they did. So, hmm. And it'll be interesting to see too if she actually if they actually tell them what happened. Yeah, like just that little team. Right. Yeah. Cause she's not yeah. gonna know what all they've done. So mm-hmm. they might say, "Hey, Olivia, remember when we went to the found Broyles' son?" Da, da, da. She'd be like, "Huh? Who?" Yeah. See. What? Yeah. You know. Ooh, that's good. So, yeah. I think. I think. Now we may not go back and forth and back and forth evenly like they did, you know. We won't. But I'm sure we're gonna still see the alternate and universe. All though. the previews for you know when it comes back mm-hmm. are centering around the Observer and looks like Peter and, and Walter. So I like the Observer. So I do too. I really like them. But it, it is something's going on with the Observers mm-hmm. trying to alter something or. Make something happen, which they mm-hmm. never have done before. Or they well, have a couple of times. But I like those episodes when the observers had to correct what they did. Because they're, they're observers. They're supposed to be observing. Remember that one episode right. where he stepped and It was August stepped in and, and, and he saved. Or September. Or, or September, yeah. He saved he them when he wasn't supposed to. Mm-hmm. But, so, which altered other stuff. So I like that part. I wonder if they got another September. I don't know. That'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It was it was a great episode. I, I loved it. Yeah. And you know It was kind of nasty. I have, oh, and that Mary when that <laughs> dude, Roland <laughs> Barrett, whatever had her in those pulleys. Oh, that was, was creepy. dancing her. That was creepy. I was like, this is freaking whoever is playing the girl. Oh, yeah. That was good. Was freaking me But he out. was, he was just, ooh. It was kind of weird, though. I don't know. To me, it made, it would have made more sense if he would have been like a dad or a long lost something because. No, I thought it made perfect sense because he was enamored with her being yeah. in that therapy group because she was a ballerina. But see, she was seventeen. Well, he was whatever. He was forty some. Yeah, that was well. But hey, that happens every day. I know, and it's weird. Well, yeah. Well, anyway. But you know, that was the one part of the story. I was like, okay, that's kind (laughs) of so odd. So when does a friend start back up again? Twenty first of January. So January on a Friday. Oh, they changed the day. The dreaded Friday slot. Why'd they do that? I don't know. Dang. I'm hoping this is Fox, you know. And they like to cancel. They like to push it on Friday and then cancel it. Cancel it like they did uh, Firefly. I knew you was gonna bring that up. You've never forgiven them for that. Nope. Anyway, and they canceled what you call it right when it was getting good. Who? Um, 
damn, what was that show? It was just on last year. The uh, Dollhouse. And Sarah Connor Chronicle. I like now, all the Sarah Connor Chronicles. That was really, that was getting, really good. getting good. They should not have canceled that. The no. Dollhouse, it was so formulaic. It was getting well, silly. Well, the second season was done, but the first, it was It good. was getting silly. It was get, It was just getting silly. So, I didn't mind them canceling Dollhouse. Fox has some really good shows. Action-y, science fiction But they don't give them a chance. They don't give them a chance. Mm -hmm. They throw them on, Thursday, uh, throw them on Fridays. Mm -hmm. They don't half-ass advertise. They always have that damn World Series and shit, so you preempt a whole bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so you're all, I mean, the shows never have a chance. I mean, I'm surprised and happy, though, that we're on a third season of Fringe. Yeah, I just hope true. that we continue to have four, five, six, whatever seasons, because they're throwing it on a Friday, right. which, you know, I don't know how many people are going to be. I mean, as long as they count DVR, because I know I always DVR it, and sometimes I can't watch it. Right. Right on Thursday. Well, hopefully, since it's going to a Friday, hopefully we'll be able to do our podcast, like, on the weekend. Yeah, and get it posted. And, and, and get it up and posted. But, mm -hmm. you know, for all of our Fringe uh, viewers, then, you know, be sure and tune in on January 21st, then. They will. You know, to... They will. It starts again, so... And uh, I, I'm just assuming we didn't have any more emails and stuff. No, no, we covered that early okay. in the other episode. So, okay. If y'all would like to send us some feedback, we would love to hear from you. Our email address is sisterspeak at gmail.com. Our voicemail number, number, thank you, Nanine, for the last voicemail, mm -hmm. is 972-692-7341. We are both on Twitter at underscore sister J and underscore sister K. And you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. And I'd also like to point out that we are going to do an update on the TV series, ABC series V. And we should post that probably in a day or so because the new season starts this week. Yep, on Tuesday. And so we will be podcasting V. Which has been good. It's been very good. I think. It's yeah. Very well. We've enjoyed it anyway. I just like to be entertained, so I'm not looking for Shakespeare. There you go. Okay. Okay. As long as that one FBI agent keep her ass off the couch. Sister J. <laughs> anyway. Okay, cool. All right. That's it for now. I'm Sister K. And I'm Sister J. See you next time.